Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 51. Brady, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing pretty awesome. Were you ready to get it into Minute number 51? Let's do it. Fantastic. Now, in the previous minute, we saw Dana Barrett dressing down in her dark apartment as her mother called her. At Minute number 51... Dana is telling her mother that she has to go because she has a date. At 5109, Dana responds to an unheard question over what her date does for a living. Her response is, it's, uh, well, uh, he's, he's a Ghostbuster. Those guys on TV. As Dana talks to her mother, the camera circling her slowly as she sits down in a chair in her living room. At 5124, as the camera finishes its 180-degree path around Dana, Dana, we can see that there is a bright light coming from her kitchen. Dana slumps back into her chair without noticing the supernatural glow. At 5127, the camera cuts to a shot of Dana sitting in the chair and opening her eyes. She slowly turns her head over to her left shoulder and looks towards the light while a thumping noise can be heard. At 5137, we cut to a shot of the kitchen door as it stretches while something pushes against it from the other side. At 5140, we cut to a closer shot of the kitchen door as something from the other side is trying to push its way through. The door is creaking from supernatural stress. At 5143, a hand bursts through Dana's chair and grabs her by the face. At 5145, a second hand bursts through the chair and grabs Dana's chest, forcing her backwards onto the chair. At 5147, a third hand bursts out from between Dana's legs and restrains her left leg. At 5148, we cut to a shot from above as Dana's chair spins towards her kitchen door. At 5149, we cut to a shot of Dana's kitchen door opening to reveal Zool sitting on her kitchen floor. Dana screams as she is held by the three demonic hands. At 51.52, we cut to a shot of Zul snarling at her from the kitchen. At 51.55, we cut to a shot of Dana restrained in her living room chair as as an unseen force pushes her into the kitchen. And thus ends minute number 51. So, uh, a lot happening special effects-wise in this moment. That's um, right. One of the scarier moments, too, in the movie. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely, a, a, you know, the, the door stretching and pushing is probably kind of an easy effect to achieve. They probably just put, like, a, you know, kind of a rubber door that would show an imprint from the other side and, you know, push and scratch through on it. But it's really creepy. It's really cool. Really, rem- it, it brings a poltergeist to Yes, mind. yeah. Very As much. a lot of effects in this movie do, I really, I you know, I don't put Ghostbusters and Poltergeist kind of in the same category. Because, you know, to me, Ghostbusters is funny with some scary moments built in but poltergeist is one of the movies that still continues even though i've seen it and i know what's coming it still continues to scare me just about every time i watch it but uh there are a lot of a lot of similarities effects wise uh in these in these two movies a lot of color palettes that are the same in the effects and you know the monsters kind of look alike uh but it's definitely extremely creepy extremely creepy yeah and uh you know obviously the the build-up to this moment in the scene there's there's no question about the fact that something's going to happen the music the lighting and this shot of her on the phone with her mother is very slowly kind of winding around and everything. And then we end up with her hanging up the phone, sitting back, and there's this bright light coming through the door. And so um, after that, you, she looks over. Okay, here's the thing. Her response when she says, oh, shit, yeah, is like, you know, she just said to her mom, it was just that one time and everything, and... It's one of those little things where I've always read it as her saying, someone would be saying that like, oh God, something's about to happen. So I just think it's funny that her reaction means, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, now the shape on the door. Yeah. I've never been able to, to pinpoint what it is. And obviously I think that's supposed to be the, uh, 
the idea, but it looks very deliberate. It looks like some kind of like hands or whatever. Yeah, like maybe a claw mark up top scraping across the door. But I'd like to see the prop that they use to make that because it looks like it's kind of supposed to be a terror dog face. But it's hard to tell if that's actually what it's, it, it is, in fact, supposed to be. That's what I just always chalked it up to when I was a kid. Yeah. Like he's rubbing his face in the door, which is it's kind of weird, but it's kind of unnerving too, you know? Yeah. So. Well, when you think like a, a beast like Zool, it's kind of crazy because it, it seems like they have some sort of intelligence, right? But they're also some sort of primal animal type thing too. So I could see it, a giant dog trying to push its face through a yeah. door. Yeah. But we know like when Vince Clortho uh, possesses... Louis Tully later, he has quite the vocabulary and quite the memory recall, talking about the shubs and all that stuff. Uh, so it's it's weird that they they have two forms. They have the human form where they can articulate and speak clearly, but then they have the animal form where it seems like they're only able to say their name, like Zor, yeah, and you like know, some sort of demented Pokemon. It's interesting that Lewis does go on and on and on about all these details, and I would love to have heard what Dana's experience was like. And she alludes to some stuff, but... um. And not a whole lot. So it's, it, I don't know, it would have been great to see like what these two characters were seeing whenever they were uh, becoming their, you know, these new entities. Yeah. Dana Barrett was never in the real Ghostbusters cartoon, was she? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So Gertie Weaver's, um, I think up until recently, has been very uh, conservative with her licensing of her image. You know, uh, there's been some video games with Ellen Ripley in it. And, uh, you know, she actually did voices in the Alien Isolation video game. Another, at one point, there was a cartoon called Operation Aliens. Uh, that was being made with Ripley in it, but she wasn't in this. I know there's been some action figures recently of Ellen Ripley through NECA's Aliens line, but past that, you don't really get any sort of licensing of Sigourney Weaver. Right. The, the reason I'm asking that is it would have been really cool to have her show up in the cartoon and maybe them addressing what was happening to her while she was being possessed, where she went. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the conversation she's having with her mother. At 5109, when Dana responds to an unheard question, she says, It's, uh, well, he's a, he's a Ghostbuster. Those guys on TV. You can just hear her mother on the other line saying, like, Oh, what does he do? A Ghostbuster? Oh, yeah. I seen him on the television, Dana. And she's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's him, Mom. That's him. So she's, uh, it, it's the conversation with her mother is probably the most vulnerable point we have of Dana Barrett in the whole movie. You know, it's kind of like she's hard as nails around everybody else when she's talking to her mother. She's kind of like talking to an elderly person. You know? That's right. And as soon as, you know, you get off the phone with a conversation like that with someone, uh, the, you know, it's exactly what she does. She just leans back and she's like, oh, my God, finally. So, yeah, she's completely at ease, totally, uh, you know, non-suspecting of the fact that something terrible is about to happen to her. Yeah. So, um, but whenever the uh, they pulled this effect off, there was there was a trap door underneath the chair hmm. with the uh, crewman in it, who shoved their hands up and grabbed her. And apparently, she told the guys like, "Listen, if you end up getting a handful of something, you end up getting a handful of something. Let's just do this." So, I, I've heard something before. Tell me if I'm I'm wrong or right. If was one of the guys with the hands her husband? I've never heard that. So I want to talk a little bit about the Ghostbusters Ultimate Visual History. It's fantastic. If you're a fan of Ghostbusters, you need to get this thing. It's got all sorts of behind-the-scenes documentation of what's going on and a lot of uh, actual, like, okay, this was shot on stage 12 or, you know, uh, a lot of insider stuff that you're really going to appreciate if you're into Ghostbusters and the actual production of the movie. So so this actually was shot in the Dana Barrett uh, apartment set, which was on stage 12, uh, in the Burbank Studios lot. So I'm going to read a little bit from page number 60 here on this scene. 
and how it was done. So I had heard that one of these arms was Sigourney Weaver's husband. Not true. Not true. Okay, so I'm reading from page 60 here. For the scene in which Dana is attacked by demonic arms erupting from her chair, effects designer Don Carner weakened the chair's fabric with acid and razor blades to allow it to rip easily. Each of the arms was essentially a long sleeve glove worn by off-camera operators Mike Hoover, Michael Jones, and sculptor Steve Neal. So these three guys got down around her in the chair and the actual fabric was kind of weakened so they were able to rut through and do that. And if you ever notice looking at it, the three arms are very distinct. One of them has long claws and only has three fingers, the one that erupts from her legs. Uh, the one that comes over and holds her face is actually more of a humanoid type yeah, hand. Yeah, I'm seeing that in the pictures of the book right now. Um, yeah. You know, when you're watching the movie, it's, you know, flashes so you don't really get a, get a glimpse at that. So a little bit more from page 62. We made arm cast using my own arm. We did all three different hands, says Neil. Ivan didn't like one that he said looked like a frog hand. And they have a shot of it, and it's actually kind of like has suction cups. It reminds me of the alien's hands in... um, uh, I, know, I know what you're talking about. What's that movie called? Uh, the Explorers? The Explorers. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the aliens, their hands are like these long like suction cups. If you haven't seen The Explorers, it's this weird kind of like Goonies-type movie with an amazing soundtrack. It has R- River Phoenix and uh, who else is in it? Um, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. And then the other gentleman's name I can't remember, but uh, it's a real fun movie from the 80s with an amazing soundtrack. It's kind of like a, a Goonies go to space type thing. So, um, so yeah, this this book is just fantastic. Like, I think we're going to have to keep going back to this to reference this kind of stuff. I but. think so. And, and you know, it's not just a, a great thing to have if you're a Ghostbusters fan. If you're a fan of film production, it's yeah. a must. All right, folks. Well, that's pretty much all we have for minute number 51. Join us again tomorrow for minute number 52, where we get back to uh, some some other really fun stuff going on. Uh, Terror dogs are on the loose. We're now in the middle of it. The invasion of New York City by Ghost has begun. So long live Gozer. That's right. There we go. Say it with me. Long live Gozer. Long live Gozer. (laughs) There you go. All right, folks. Thank you so much. Join us again tomorrow for minute number 52. I'm Kyle. I'm Brett. And we're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.